Well, welcome to the Hills Church at Home. It's Labor Day weekend. So whether you're watching this by live stream, maybe you're playing catch up and you're watching it later or you're listening by our podcast, we're so glad that you're a part of this. Encourage you to wake up the household, shout to somebody uh, to follow along, grab your Bibles. Today we're going to be in James chapter 5. My title is a little different, Praying for Yourself. Praying for Yourself. As always, you can go to our website. You can download um, the message notes. You can download the kids activity sheet from the website is where you can go to Facebook Live, YouTube Live. You can look at all of our past uh, messages that we've done and recorded. You can go to our podcast, all the past messages, I think from the last two years. And uh, from our website, all of our announcements and ways to, that you can connect by email and updates and events and future things coming. Just go to our website for all that information. So let's get into James chapter 5 today. As we've been saying week upon week, James is the half-brother of Jesus. He probably didn't believe in Jesus. He probably was listed in when many of Jesus's brothers and family, they didn't believe in him. He probably accepted Jesus after the resurrection, and he probably was found in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, and, it, and accepted the Lord. James is so humble, but let me tell you, he is very direct. Last week, we looked at the humility that James tells us to have, that we are to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, and we and he will lift us up. Well, today I want to talk about, look at, praying for yourself. So in James chapter 5, verse 16 and 17, it says this, Confess your trespasses to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land three years and six months. Let me read that again. Very interesting how James writes this by the Holy Spirit. And then at, right at the end of those verses, he comes in and talks a little bit to us about Elijah. But I think it will be so important to us as we are people of prayer. James 5, 16 and 17. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land three years and six months. You know, James chapter 15, James chapter 5, verse 16, that end part out of the message translation says it this way, the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. A person 
living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. And then the message says this later on about Elijah. Elijah, for instance, human just like us. I remember years ago, and I remember being at a camp directing uh, youth camps and a guest speaker teaching and using out, out this verse with Elijah. And he said over and over and over, and I can remember where I was sitting, looking at him on the stage, and these words almost like pierced my heart and spirit. And he kept saying, Elijah was a man just like us. Elijah was a man just like us. And the message says, Elijah, for instance, human just like us. Well, let me just remind all of us for just a minute a little bit about Elijah because when we think about Elijah, we wouldn't throw ourselves in that category. Elijah starts off, in fact, when we read about him in 1 Kings 17, he's gonna prophesy about no rain and it won't rain until he says so and it's about three and a half years. There's a miraculous provision um, what, that happens to Elijah at the brook. In fact, the ravens bring him bread and meat. He's able to eat and the Lord takes care of him. The Lord speaks to him to go to Zarephath. There's a miraculous provision that, take, he, that takes place through a woman at Zarephath. He raises her son from the dead. Elijah takes on 450 prophets of Baal that are cutting themselves up, trying to yell at their God that has no power. And Elijah then calls down fire on that offering that he sets up, and he kills the 400, <coughs> excuse me, he kills the 450 prophets of Baal. And yet Jezebel, Ahab's wife, sends out word that she's gonna have him killed, and he's so scared that he runs and hides because of that word. We read in 2 Kings chapter 2 that a chariot of fire, horses of fire, picked up Elijah and like a whirlwind took him into heaven. Elijah never died. In Malachi, we read about the coming again of Elijah. We know him to be one of the two witnesses in the book of Revelation. And Jesus mentions Elijah because some of the people, when Jesus said, who do the people say that I am? Some thought he was Elijah. This is Elijah, and James writes this. He was a man just like us. You know, when I read that verse, I think it's that one part right before we read about Elijah, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah knew when he prayed, God would begin to move. When he prayed, there would not be rain, rain stopped. When he, when he prayed again that rain would come, in fact, I love that story that he sent somebody to look for a cloud seven times. Finally, they saw the cloud the size of a man's hand and rain would begin to come. Elijah mentioned all throughout throughout the, the scriptures that we're looking at here today, he was a man that controlled the climate with his prayers, yet it's recorded that he was a man just like you and me. That amazes me. The same kind of person that we are like Elijah 
Elijah was human just like any of us. But what he did was an example to us of the power of the person that prays. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So what's the point of James using Elijah? Uh, We think that we're not extraordinary like Elijah, but we're to model the effective prayer, the power of our prayer, because Elijah was human just like us. So would you be encouraged today that as you pray, your prayers are effective? They have great effect, just like his did in stopping the rain for three and a half years. But you need to be praying for yourself. James chapter one, verse five through eight says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let that man, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, he's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Notice James starts with, if any of you lack wisdom. Have you ever lacked wisdom? Maybe you got up today, you're thinking about uh, events that are gonna take place this week. You need God wisdom, God's wisdom. If you lack, James says, ask God. He will give it to you liberally and without reproach. But here's the connection. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. And then he gives us this picture. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all of his ways. So as you pray for yourself, if you're lacking wisdom, the first thing you do, ask the Lord. In fact, the word lack, when we look up the uh, Greek language that this was written in, is being in in deficiency, right? Being in deficiency, a lack. It's interesting that the rich young ruler that came across, in fact, he was the one that came running and knelt at Jesus and had this question about eternal life. Uh, He had all of the resources at his disposal He's referred in the Bible as the rich young ruler. Yet when Jesus gave him the command of go and sell all you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me, this young man left. In fact, the Bible says sad because he had many possessions. He didn't lack in the possessions. What he lacked in was the faith in following after the Lord and his words. If any of you lack, if you have a deficiency in wisdom, I love what James, very simple duress, ask, right? Ask. You ever said something? You didn't even ask me. Why didn't you ask me? I would have helped. Ask the Lord. Ask God. He gives to all 
liberally and without reproach. In fact, the word wisdom in the Greek language, it's really one of those easy words to even pronounce. It's the word Sophia, right? Which is wisdom, which means broad and, a full, and full of intelligence. Wisdom, broad and full of intelligence. Luke 2.52, Jesus as a young man increased in stature and wisdom and favor from God and men. He increased in Sophia, wisdom that was broad and full of intelligence. In Acts chapter three, verse three through seven, the, uh, it mentions, of Acts chapter six, verse three, seven men full of the Holy Spirit, and it says of wisdom. That's where we get that Greek word, Sophia full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Wisdom, they were full of intelligence. We read in Proverbs 4 in the Old Testament that Solomon was given all of this wisdom, and you know how he got it? He just asked. See, knowledge can come from the study of God's word, but wisdom comes by prayer and insight from the Holy Spirit, and you ask for it. I can read the Bible, I can memorize the Bible, I can study the word, I can get knowledge, I can recite where different verses are, but the wisdom, the action of it comes from the inside of the Holy Spirit. Solomon didn't ask God for knowledge. Solomon asked God for wisdom. God said, what could I give you? Solomon didn't say, give me all the knowledge in the world. No, he asked, give me wisdom of the heart to lead your people. That prayer, that wisdom comes by prayer and insight of the Holy Spirit. I was reading this story about four guys that were on a charter airplane. A pilot, a scientist, an elderly preacher, and a boy scout. The plane had developed a severe engine malfunction and the pilot said that they were going to all have to jump out. The problem was there was only three parachutes. So the pilot said, uh, the Air Force has spent many thousands of dollars and hours of training me, so I have to live. He grabbed the parachute and he jumped out. The scientist said, I have the highest IQ four PhDs. I'm probably the smartest man in the world. So the world needs me. And he grabbed a parachute and he jumped out. The elderly preacher looked at the Boy Scout and said, son, I've lived a long life and you have all of your life to live ahead of you. Please take the last parachute and jump. And the Boy Scout said, no, that's not necessary. We can both live. How is that possible? The older elderly preacher said, because the smartest man in the world just jumped out wearing my backpack. Knowledge can come from study, or we would say Bible knowledge can come from study of God's word. Wisdom comes by asking, praying, in insight of the Holy Spirit. You can have knowledge without wisdom, but a man and woman of wisdom will get the knowledge 
that they need. You know, I, and I heard this definition. I thought it's a great one of wisdom. It is the ability to apply Bible truths to all of life's situation. You can't apply a truth that you haven't learned, so you have to study. So wisdom gives me the ability to take this Bible truth and involve it into my life. When there's a situation that I'm facing, I'm not to lean to my own understanding. I'm not to think back on a way maybe I had done that before. I'm to come to receive the wisdom of God. I'm to pray and I'm going to ask God for his wisdom so that I can apply it in my life. James says this in James 3.17. He says, but the wisdom that is from above, listen to this, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Think about that. Isn't that a great example of the, the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of the world? Here's Listen to the wisdom of God. It's pure, comes from it's pure. It's peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. You know, and we use that phrase a lot when God leads and God directs and he's, as you, maybe you're stepping out in faith, trusting him, there's always a peace that leads and guides you. That's so different from the world because the world is hurried and rushed and conquer and do it your way. God leads pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, no hypocrisy, right? No partiality. That's his wisdom. That's his direction. In fact, James chapter four, verse two and three, then, he, then James will give us the opposite, right? He says, you lust and you don't have. You murder and covet and you cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you don't ask. You ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss that you might spend it on your pleasures. That's where we come back to God's wisdom that's pure. If I'm only asking for myself, for my motives, then I am missing it. God sees all, you know, Solomon's wisdom, if I was to back up, Solomon's wisdom given to him was to lead and judge God's people. But because Solomon chose that type of wisdom, God gave him everything else. If we get our eyes focused off of us and our needs and what I need and take his wisdom and be a blessing, God is the God of promotion. He'll make sure that you're taken care of. He'll make the crooked places straight. He'll promote you to places that you didn't know because you're taking your eyes off of you and you're looking on to others. In fact, that's that's the example that he gives us in that verse. You, you desire something, you lust, and you don't have. You murder and you, 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 you're convicted or you're conceitful and you can't obtain. You fight and you war, you don't have because you don't ask. 
You're trying to do it your way. We're to stop. We're to come back and to pray and to seek God from wisdom and line it up to his word. The wisdom that God gives you, is it pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, doesn't show partiality, and it's without hypocrisy? Then you'll know it's the wisdom from God. So let me ask you a good question. In fact, this is good for all of us today. What are you asking God for? Are you even asking him? Are you coming to him, seeking him for wisdom? All of us living in these days, these extreme days, these awakening days of our faith, need to be people that are asking God for his wisdom because the news reports, the things, the demands, the changes are all changing day upon day. In fact, if you miss a day or two of news cycle, everything changes. But here's here's what we've got to go back to. We've got to go back to the wisdom of God. God knows tomorrow before it happen, happens. God knows next week before it happens. And he wants to instill in us his wisdom and insight to see in these days. I think that's what James might be saying in chapter five, verse 13 through 15, the beginning, where he says, if anyone is suffering, what's the answer? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Let's remember this. Can we ask, pray, Confess, but do it in faith, believing that God is going to do it. Don't be like what James says. Don't be double-minded. Don't be like the wave tossed back and forth, wavering, wondering. Ask in faith, trusting God. Go back and read about Elijah. Look at the exploits that Elijah did as being somebody that was a man of prayer somebody that believed God, because here's what we started with. Elijah has a nature just like us. Elijah was a man just like us. Follow back those things. Press into your Lord Jesus Christ. Press into his wisdom. Take time to read his words and allow those things to get in your heart. Great insight. In fact, that's my prayer. Great insight comes into your life as you're living out this life humbly before your God because he will lift you up. You know, each and every week we give an opportunity for those who've never made Jesus the Lord of their life. Also, an opportunity from those that might have been running from God and maybe this is your opportunity and time to run back to him. In fact, we read in John 14, 6, that Jesus says he's the resurrection and the life. That anybody that comes to the Father has to do so through him. Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if you confess Jesus as Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. 
The most important prayer, when we're talking about prayer, the most important prayer that you will ever pray is accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And the words will come on the screen, but would you pray this today, if you're praying this for the first time or you're coming back to God, and would you pray it from your heart? Pray this with me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins, and today I begin my relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. And again, if you said that for the first time, in fact, the Bible lets us know that in heaven, there's more joy taking place because one sinner came to repentance. If you would also reach out to us by, you can email us at info at hillschurcharcadia.org. We wanna number one, celebrate with you, but number two, connect you with some resources because this is the first day of the rest of your life, the greatest decision that you've ever made. Well, as we receive our tithes and offerings today, Malachi chapter three, verse 10 says this, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. The word tithe is the word tenth. So he's saying, bring a tenth into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And here's where God in the Bible, the only time we're gonna read where God says, you put me to the test is in our tithing. Test me, the Lord says, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing to you that there will not be room enough to receive it. You know, I know for many, they don't believe in tithing. They believe it was Old Testament. You know, I've done a teaching. In fact, I need to redo it because it is scriptural. And I use the word that tithing is where we start, that if we went off of Jesus's ministry, we see in Jesus's ministry that he told the rich young ruler to sell everything he had. When he interacted with uh, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was gonna give a major part of what he had back. We find in the early church, people were giving property, people were giving everything, and yet this is a place where you start. And here's the thing, it's bringing it back to the Lord because it's his harvest, it's his fruit, and we trust him and we test him because he says this, I'll open up the windows of heaven and I'll bless you. Here's where we come back to. Our faith is in the Lord. Our trust is in the Lord. We've noticed how quickly things can change. God is a God that doesn't change. Pray this prayer with me, would you? As I give in today's offering, I stand on God's promises that the Lord will cause his blessings to come upon me as the windows of heaven are open. Open over my life today are the windows of blessing and supernatural resources. Let it be more than I can handle 
In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can click on the give button and you can give. It's safe, it's fast, it's secure. You can also give by mail. You can mail us the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. And as always, you can stay tuned uh, for all of our activities and events and services and upcoming events on our website. But every Wednesday night, we have our Wednesday night gathering with communion by Zoom. We would love to see your face by Zoom. If you don't receive our emails, just email us, info at hillschurcharcadia.org, and we'll make sure that you get connected. Well, as we do each and every week, we end with our verse, Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. The Lord bless you this Labor Day weekend and the Lord give you a great week ahead in Jesus' name, amen.